Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Wow. Here's your host, Joe Caparosa. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Back with another episode talking with... Our oldest and dearest DOJ friend, Dalvin Asario, catching up with the Jets offseason and then talking a little Sam Darnold and, and some varying perspectives on him out there and where both of us feel he is currently at and what he needs to accomplish in year three. Going to go for about 25 minutes or so. If you have not yet, subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Make sure you follow Dalvin on Twitter at DA underscore Asario. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Jay Caparoso. You can follow all of our writing at TurnOnTheJets.com. And if you have not yet, check out our premium subscription podcast at TurnOnTheJets.Badlands.com. New episode coming this weekend where Connor Rogers and myself will talk with Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports about the Jamal Adams contract situation. Don't want to miss that. Uh, Charles has been definitely plugged in there throughout this process and excited to kind of dive in and see what the story is or is not there. But right now, we're going to talk Jets, offseason, and Samuel Darnold with Dalbin. Dalbin, how are you holding up? How are you doing? Doing good, Joe. Happy to be back with you. Uh, yeah, I was actually talking to somebody the other day about that. I was like, you know, when I first started with TOJ, it was so, you know, so different, right? Like, we just, there's a lot of writing, you know, UDFA, stuff like that. But to see it continue to grow has, as it has, I'm incredibly proud to be a part of that. Um, and I'm just glad for these opportunities to talk with you about football because nobody wants to talk about the Jets with me, man. Like, everybody's like, oh, you know let's talk about Kyler Murray let's talk about you know Tua or whatever and I'm just like no man I want to talk about the Jets so it's good to be back with you absolutely and it's been sort of this it's been an active offseason and the news has kind of continued to drag through you know we thought everything had slowed down we get some Logan Ryan rumors then we get Frank Gore on the team then we get Joe Flacco on the team Uh, you know minor kind of backup veteran signings uh, before we start talking, Darnold, what were your thoughts on the Jets adding Gore and then adding Flacco uh, and getting a veteran backup? Now, the latest has been that Flacco will not be ready for week one. He should be ready you know, by mid-September. I think it's better than David Fales, I could say that. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy they got a guy with some experience. I felt that was sort of a big outstanding thing on the roster. So uh, excited they did that. I probably would have went Matt Moore over Flacco, but I'm not going to split hairs. Hopefully we don't see Flacco at all. But what are your thoughts on Gore and Flacco? 
Well, I think Gore and Flacco kind of represent uh, kind of a shift that we're seeing, right? Like, I think what we've seen in with Jet GMs in the past, usually their first years, is they go after the big big name guys to play critical roles, right? But what we've seen, you know, Joe Douglas do, you know, realistically, like when you add Joe Flacco, it's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a veteran behind Sam Darnold. So you get him, right? Okay, so that's that's good because now you don't have to rely on David Fales or our own Greg Armstrong's favorite quarterback uh, in this draft class. So you don't have to rely on them if Sam goes down. With the Frank Gore situation, you get you get a guy in Frank Gore who can who can mentor your rookie running back, who can also allow you to line up Le'Veon Bell at the wide receiver position. So you get him him more touches but what's interesting about it is that even with the logan ryan signing and if they if they finally close the deal on the logan ryan signing they're getting veterans to fill gaps they're not getting veterans to be starters or contributors from week one or only depending on veterans and that's different man than what mike mccagnan did mike mccagnan folks remember he went out and got brandon marshall to be his number one receiver got ryan fitzpatrick to be the backup but again ryan fitzpatrick ended up being the starter and then started the following year i do not think you're going to see frank gore log 115 120 20 touches. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think you're going to see Joe Flacco, you know, attempt even 100 passes. You know, if we if we're at a point where Joe Flacco has attempted 100 passes, I think we we can safely say that the season is over. And so I think I I I tip my hat to Joe Douglas because I think you have to realize that this is a team that you're trying to build into a winner as it's time to pay Sam Darnold in the next year or so. Um, and so not, and so depending on your younger players, depending on the, on the, on the youth that you have with Denzel and Mims and Chris Herndon, that's better than relying on, say you had gone and gotten like a, you know, like AJ Green or was an older veteran who I would have liked to say you would have gotten somebody like that. And then maybe Jason Witten at tight end, like that shows you that you're depending on veterans instead of the young guys, but I, I like I like signing Flacco as a backup, um, and I like signing Gore as a backup who can mentor your rookie running back. And if they add Logan Ryan, I think that secondary becomes that much better because he allows Greg Williams to mix and match a lot. So I think I, I like what he's done so far this offseason, with the exception of maybe a couple of signings. Zeroing in our focus to Darnold, who is clearly the most important player within the Jets organization. You know, we we've been talking about the Jets together for a long time, about a decade now. I would say generally throughout that time, you skew a little more optimistic than I do uh, on outlook of the team overall. When it comes to Darnold, I would say it's one of those issues where I would say I'm probably a little more optimistic about the specific player, a specific issue related to the team than you are. And I'm not using that to say that you're, you know, down on Darnold or don't think he (laughs) is the guy or could be the guy. But I think you've, you know, you've pointed out that, and I think it, in some ways it's a very fair take that he has proven a lot less so far than mm-hmm. most Jet fans think that he has. Now, I my personal stance is that I very much think Darnold will be a second contract quarterback here, even if he plateaus or only takes a marginal step forward this year, similar to the size step he took from year one to year two. I would give him another year or two with a different coaching staff. I want to see him with a different coaching staff. I would not say, uh, you know, he kind of didn't get much better from year two to year three. Let's let Gase and, and team go pick a different quarterback in this next year's class or go get a veteran or whatever. I want to see Darnold uh, with a different coaching staff and with a different, better overall situation. The only way I would even contemplate looking at a different quarterback option next year is if he got badly hurt or truly mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky fully fell off a cliff regress, which I don't think he will do. I do think physically, mentally, he has the talent to be somewhere between a very good and great starter consistently for a long time for this team. 
will he get to the point of doing that? I don't know. And I think he's been inconsistent through his first two years, understandably inconsistent when you consider his surrounding situation. He's missed three games each of his years. He's had some really big highs. I still say his best stretch of football was the 10 quarters he played in December of his rookie year, the second half at Buffalo, the Green Bay game, the Houston game. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think there were some similar flashes this year. The Dallas game in particular, I think, was his best overall game, and he had uh, some really nice games against Washington and Oakland and the Giants uh, with some also some lows. I think down the stretch uh, in particular, people have probably overhyped or overrated how well that the Jets' offense played down the stretch. They scored five touchdowns in their final five games. Their offense did, which is really bad. And it wasn't all on Darnold. They were playing some tough teams, and they were dealing with some issues there. But I am interested and curious to see how he does in year three, regardless of the coaching staff situation. Um, You know, we're going to see what happens with the schedule. We're going to see what happens with some questions at wide receiver. I... And we can get to this sort of in the next round of questions, like what we think a sort of statistical barometer is. But what has been your sort of overall stance on Darnold through two years? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you nailed it on the head. It's not that I, you know, it's not that I think that he's a he's bad. I think that there I think that you're right. I think that there is very little chance that he is not the quarterback entering a second contract. I, I think that I would be floored if that happens. Um, I would love to see him with Eric be my enemy. Eric be my enemy. I think that Eric be enemy is probably the right coach for for Sam Darnold. But I mean, I mean, I'm gonna throw some numbers at you, right? Like on play action completion percentage, he was 22nd in the league last year. True completion percentage, he was 24. On deep balls, he he was 32nd in the league with a 27.3 completion percentage. In the red zone, he was 37th in the league with a 50.9% completion percentage. And here's the thing, like folks are gonna point out that you know it's all the O line, right? But when he was pressured, he had the ninth best completion percentage in the league at 40 point at 40.3. I think that he. Sam Darnold, the things that worried me about Sam Darnold, the things that worried me when he was coming out were ball security and the fact that he he had a lot of and folks, when I pointed this out on Twitter, got really upset because they thought that it was they thought that it was a diss. They thought it wasn't a, a, a good thing. But Sam Darnold has a lot of Tony Romo, Eli Manning in him in the sense that like Tony Romo always had a tendency to try to extend plays. But because he wasn't great with ball security, that usually led to turnovers. Eli Manning had a lot of the same issues. Eli Manning in turn would try to extend plays and then throw the ball up for grabs. And then that's how you got turnovers. Sam Darnold does a lot of that. Sam Darnold does a lot of that in the red zone. Sam Darnold doesn't understand situational football yet. But Sam Darnold is also only entering year three of, of, of his career. I think he's been saddled with a terrible offensive coach in Adam Gase who has never developed a young quarterback in his career. And I think that it's kind of frustrating in a lot of ways that Jeremy Bates, Jeremy Bates in one offseason was able to fix a lot of the ball security issues that Darnold had coming out of USC. And then now we see them rear their head again. I think you're right. I mean, I think it's it's you see you see the 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 opening drives, right? And you see, you know, they come out scripted and they're tight and they're, they're using multiple formations and they're doing this, they're doing that. But Adam Gay seems to want Sam Darnold to stand and in the pocket and not use his mobility and ability. And that's kind of frustrating because what you're doing in that is you're taking away from a, from a player's natural natural abilities, right? Like, can you imagine? I like to hear this, right? But coming out of the draft, Sam Darnold probably had the highest ceiling out of the players that were that were coming, but also the 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 lowest floor because there was just such a big gap between what you were going to get. But at the very least, you figured, you said, you know what? We're going to at least get a solid quarterback, right? But you have to let him do what he does. Like you look at Baltimore. Baltimore, 
and Joe, we we made this joke a lot leading up into the offseason, you know, when the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell. We were like, man, the Jets better not sign Mark Ingram. Do you remember that? That was a big conversation for us a lot. The Jets better not sign Mark Ingram. That's who the Ravens got Lamar Jackson. They got a Mark Ingram, and they drafted Hollywood Brown. The Jets went and got Jamison Crowder. They still had Robbie Anderson. They drafted Chris Herndon, got Le'Veon Bell. Like, if you look at it on paper, the only young quarterback that's gotten as much help, that's gotten more help than Sam Darnold from a personnel perspective is Baker Mayfield because they got him Odell Beckham Jr. They just signed uh, Jack Conklin. They picked up Kareem Hunt. They signed Austin Hooper. They he has Njuku, right? So like they gave him weapons coming in, but Sam Darnold's not that far behind. The thing that frustrates me, I think, is that. The highs are so tantalizing. There are way better highs from Sam Darnold than they ever were from Mark Sanchez. I think you can agree with that. I think that Sam Darnold's highs, like, for example, you mentioned the Houston game. Him going toe-to-toe with Deshaun Watson, that was a fun game to watch. Him going toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers, another fun game to watch. What he did versus the Chicago Bears with a backup offensive lineman literally at almost every position and no receivers was very impressive because, again, most young quarterbacks, they fold under that. But I think that with Sam Darnold, I don't know, and I, I, you highlighted an article today that said that if the Jets turn it around, Adam Gaze deserves a ton of credit because he's the reason Joe Douglas is here. That scares me because I there's nothing that I've seen from Adam Gaze that lets me think that you're going to be able to develop Sam Darnold, but the numbers are there also. A lot of this falls on Sam, too. He's got to make better decisions. He's got to stop trying to go for the hero play. He's got he's to gotta get a coach that's going to get him on the move, but he's also got to be more accurate with the ball. He's got to be better on deep throws. He is not a very good deep ball thrower right now in, in, in the NFL. NFL, and he's got to get better, especially with guys like Mims and guys like Perryman on, on this roster. You need to be able to stretch the field. And Sam Darnold, the numbers show, is not very good at that just yet. But again, it is also he's only entering year three at this time. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a gray area to do this, like with everything mm-hmm. we discuss, right? It yep. is completely reasonable for Jet fans to still be very excited about Sam Darnold's future here. There's been a lot of great moments. There's been great halves. There's been great games. There's been great months altogether. I think you can also recognize and understand that from a production standpoint, he ultimately still has plenty to prove. Now, do I think it's fair to say he has to go out and throw 30 touchdowns next year? It's time to move on. No, I don't think putting some type of statistical barometer on him like that is fair. I do want to see his yards per attempt get up in the mid-sevens. I do want to see him play better in AFC East games, especially against New England, games that he's really, really, really struggled in to date. He needs to be competitive in those games. He's got to be a better, more consistent quarterback on the road. The turnovers, I feel like, are always going to be a part of his game. I think generally he's done a good job uh, getting rid of the fumble problem, although we saw it come back a little bit towards the end. Uh, of last season he's always going to be in in my mind a guy who has between nine and 12 turnovers a season and you could live with that if you're going to get a a yards per attempt up in the mid sevens you're going to consistently throw for 250 ish yards and you're going to get your touchdown your total touchdowns up in the mid 20s so I think you know he ran for a handful of touchdowns last year if he could throw for 24 25 touchdowns and then run for a few more on top of that you know, I think you feel a lot better. Even if you just, you know, put the rushing aside and he should be using his mobility more, he should never be a guy who runs for under 100 yards in a season. He's way too athletic for that. He should be a guy who's running for, you know, 200, 225 yards every season and able to stay healthy. I mean, I think that's part of the role of a quarterback these days. You don't, you don't have to be Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. but you have to be able to break the pocket and take advantage of it. He did it a very few amount of times. I think he had like a 25-yard scramble against the Giants which is basically half of his rushing yards on the season. And that 
that's unacceptable. We used to always talk about this with Geno Smith, and we never made sense why he wouldn't use his legs. He was so much more hard uh, to account for when he did, and he, that's when he had his best games. Not comparing the two players, Sam is substantially better, I think, both you know now and as a long-term prospect, but Darnold's got to be a guy who runs for 200, 250 yards, has a handful of rushing touchdowns because he's a threat to do that in the red zone, and hopefully has his touchdown sort of up in that up in that mid-20s range. And you could live with the stats not being top five, top eight, top 10 even in the league because you recognize the situation and how many question marks there are around him. On paper, it's not a very good group of receivers. Now, you hope Herndon and Bell mitigate that. We have no proof that that can happen because of how Gase used Bell and because we need Herndon to stay healthy. Uh, and it's going to be a, t- you know, a tougher schedule this year than it was last year. What we just need to see I think and you could see it from watching him play and seeing how he handles some of these games where the Jets are underdogs and they're going to be underdogs a lot this year can he go toe-to-toe in Seattle uh, with Russell Wilson can he you know fly across the country and play well when they're playing the Rams and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey Uh, can he go to New England Tom Brady or not they're going to have a good defense and score a touchdown he hasn't scored a touchdown in either of his two games in New England yet um, so how do you compete more and how do you win those division games? And it will start week one at Buffalo against Josh Allen. Now he had a really nice win his rookie year there. Uh, last year he was going against Matt Barkley. So I kind of throw that game out. That's going to be a great early season barometer. And Allen statistically was much better than Darnold last year. I even putting all the, you know, the Homer bias aside would still take Darnold long-term over Allen just because of the style to play and the ceiling as a passer. Uh, compared to what Allen could do and Allen's accuracy issues. Uh, but look, it's it's fair to say that Darnold has been put in a bad situation. The Jets should have patience with him because of that situation. But you want to see a big step forward this year. I'm not talking about he's not going to do the Mahomes, Wentz, Lamar Jackson, Jackson type leap. I don't think this is a guy who's going to be competing for an MVP award or a guy who probably is even going to come close to being an all-pro. I just don't think that's realistic right now with the current situation. Do I think he could be a top 10 to 12 starting quarterback this year uh, as a general consensus instead of a guy who in most statistical categories is in the bottom 10 of the league? Yes, and I, I hope we can see him make that progress. And I hope he gets a chance in the last two years of his rookie deal to have a quarterback coach to have a better offensive coordinator, and to have a better head coach overall. We don't know how it's going to shake out yet, though, and what how this organization is going to view a prospective 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and nine season and where that blame uh, gets assigned overall. I mean, let, let's say the Jets have a somewhat similar season to last year. They doesn't matter how they get there, but they ultimately finish 7-9. and nine. Maybe the finish is a little weaker, but the start's a little stronger. It's a little more balanced. They're hovering roughly around 500 for most of the year. Ultimately go 7-9. and nine. Don't make the playoffs because despite there being seven teams who make it now, Darnold, let's say, has 23 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a YPA of 7-2, seven, 7-3, seven, has two or three lost fumbles, has two or three rushing touchdowns, starts more than 13 games, maybe not the full 16, but gets you 14, 15, or 16. Uh Jets finish maybe 18th overall in total offense. What what do you think the organization does? Not what what would you do, and what what do you think the organization is going to do? Um, so I'm going to raise that stat line that you said, and I'm going to say I'm going to say that in order for me to feel good about Sam Darnold, like better than what I feel now, I think he has to hit 40 40 4, 
4,045 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. I'm going to say that. That's my minimum barometer. You know why? Because that was Ryan Tannehill's stat line in, in his third year with Adam Gase. And so I think at some point, like, this, he needs to match what Tannehill did uh, in Miami, considering he's a more talented quarterback and a more physically gifted quarterback. So I'm just going to put that there. The other part, I think, so I think if they go 7-9, and nine, finish 18th, in in points allowed and though that and he hits the numbers that you reach i think the i you know we're both we're both avid basketball fans we both watched you know the the, the last dance to jordan doc and folks forget that doug collins was the one that developed michael jordan and then phil jackson reaped the benefits i think that you have to let adam gase go at that time because i think the the, the jump like i understand the whole thing about the schedule is tougher right there's less travel and all that but I think that if that's what Sam Darnold's going to reach, and then now you have to determine if you're going to pay him because he will be entering year four and you have the fifth-year option, but a lot of the teams are trying to pay their young quarterbacks early. I think that it is one of those things where Adam Gase may have gotten him to that productivity, but now it's time for another coach to really unlock that potential. And I think I think you have to let him go. What I think the organization does, though, if it, it breaks down exactly like you said, I think they keep him because it's very hard I think a lot I think a lot of and and this is what they'll this is what I think they'll sell it on. I think it's much harder to let him go if Sam Darnold shows even just gradual progress. It doesn't even have to be, you know, Lamar Jackson from one year to the next or even Baker Mayfield statistically like at least in the yards category from one year to the next. Like I think if he's able to show that Sam Darnold has gradually improved. And listen, you said, th you know, three fumbles. That's I you're right. I think he's a guy that's always going to have some turnover problems, but three fumbles loss is not a big deal, I think. That's that's not a huge deal, you know, for for a young quarterback. But I think they bring him back, Joe, because I think it becomes harder to say, you know what, we're going to let him go, be, especially considering the way that they finished uh, his first year winning, you know, winning six and two down the stretch or whatever, because everybody believes that's such a big deal. And then having him go seven and nine with a tougher schedule, I think they do not let him go. And, and I'll be honest, that's going to be frustrating for me, because here's the thing. If you bring him back for Sam Darnold's fourth year, the year that then in turn you have to decide if you're going to pay him or pick up his option and then you have to let him play his fifth year on that option. You mean to tell me that that's when you're going to introduce a new offensive system for Sam Darnold? Then going into that critical year, it just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem like the right move for your young quarterback. And I worry that that's what exactly what the Jets are going to do. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Here's what I think the best case scenario looks like for Sam Darnold's supporting cast next year, strictly on the field. You get a healthy season from your offensive line. So Mekhi Becton starts 16 games. He's above average as a starter right out of the gate. Has a couple bumps, but nothing too serious. Uh, Chuma Doger, George Fant clearly put one of, one of them clearly wins that job and could start for 12 to 16 games and is okay. He's an average starter, not a huge liability. Okay, not great, fine. Connor McGovern is a game changer in the middle of the, the middle of the offensive line. He's a clear top 10 center in the NFL, starts 16 games. Because of that, your starting guards, let's call it Van Routen and Lewis, are healthy. They don't miss any time, so you don't get stuck with, 
you know, Brian Winters or Cameron Clark, Kevin Estard as a rookie, and they're a league average guard pairing. You get that across the board, you basically have an average offensive line, which is much better than Darnold's ever had. That allows him more time, sacked less, less turnovers. From his weapons, Chris Herndon is the guy that we thought he'd be last year. He's the guy that he was down the stretch in 2018. Most weeks, he leads the Jets in uh, receiving yards, not targets. That's always going to be Crowder in this offense, but he actually ends up being the guy who leads the Jets in receiving yards. He has a really nice, you know, 60 catch, 760 yards, six touchdown season. Is one of the better tight ends in the NFL. Bell is better than he was last year. Yards per carries go up. He's used a little more effectively in the passing game. Uh, the Jets have a more active screen game. Gore does not siphon off too much work from him. He catches 60, 65 passives. That, those two guys lower the strain on the group of receivers. Perryman is fine. He's an okay starter. He has a couple big games. He disappears for a few weeks. Maybe he is 50 catches, six, 600, 700 yards, four or five long touchdowns down the field. Mims, you know, rookie second rounder. Comes on strong down the stretch after having some bumps early in the year. And kind of similar to Kenny Galladay's rookie year. You know, it's like a, it's a 500-ish yard season. Three or four touchdowns, but sh- finishes strong and shows a lot of promise. Crowder is sort of your target hog in the slot. He has a very similar season to last year. Does not get hurt. Uh, and those three guys play most of the games. And when you have to go to a backup, someone like Vincent Smith or Braxton Berrios are okay as a one-game in spot duty. If the Jets get that, and that's a lot of variables breaking their way, I, the, the pieces are there to have an offense in the top half of the league. And Darnold would have a situation around him where you could say he's got a good tight end, he's got a good running back, he has two deep threats at receiver, he's got a good slot receiver, he has an okay offensive line, not great, but okay. That is the best situation for him. Now, the opposite of that is injuries. And injuries happen on the offensive line, you know, Alex Lewis misses three games. Chuma Adoga misses three games. And George Fant's not ready to be a starter. Uh, Perryman misses four games, and they got to start Vincent Smith on the outside. Uh, Bell repeats what he did last year and is phased out, and they're giving Frank Gore 12 carries a year. Then you, 12 carries a game. Then you have an offense that, you know, maybe improves a little bit from last year because you can't, not, can't be any worse because they were dead last, but is like, you know, 24th or 25th instead of 15th or 16th. So I think that. You know, that, that's going to have a huge impact on what kind of season we have from Darnold. Uh, unless he could surprise, I, I would say surprise most people and prove that, you know what, it doesn't matter what his cast is, he's going to elevate everyone around him. And he's going to turn Rashad Perryman into an 1,100-yard receiver. And if Chris Herndon misses eight games, it doesn't matter. Someone else will step up and eat those targets. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, what, before we close, what's your, what's your general prediction for next year on him and the offense? Oh, I, I honestly, man, I think Sam balls. I think Sam is going to have a great season. I, I, and, and again, I know, like, again, you're, you're absolutely right. I am, I am much more, I guess, pessimistic for lack of a better word, just because I do think that Sam gets, I think Sam gets a pass from Jet fans because I think we've wanted a franchise quarterback for so long. And we're like, we're overlooking a lot of, a lot of some of the stuff that's gone wrong. But I think that like the, I think having Herndon back, for a full year is huge. I think Connor McGovern is one of the better centers in the league. So that's huge. Right. 
Um, I would love it if they signed, you know, Big Larry. I think that he could shore up one of the one of the guard spots. I would love it if they signed Jason Peters and then you just move Makai Becton over to right tackle for the first for his first year. And then your offensive line is suddenly that much better. But Sam's a guy that doesn't really need the crispest offensive line. Like even just an average offensive line next year, Joe, I think does does really well for him. I think so here's the thing. I, a lot of people have compared him to, to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers in his third full year, 39-22, uh, 28 touchdowns, 11 picks. If we get that from Sam, which again is very similar to Ryan Tannehill's third year. So if we get that from Sam, I'll be pleased, man. And I think I think we're I think we're in for a fun year from Sam. I think that Adam Gase, very similar to Bill O'Brien, uh, has been blessed with a very talented quarterback. Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold, hands down. He was a better one coming out. It's a better one right now, right? But I think Sam Darnold, this is the year that he kind of takes off. And I think that it's interesting because. You you notice that with the receivers that they've gotten him, right? Mims is a bigger receiver. Perryman is a bigger receiver. Herndon, bigger tight end. It's guys that can go up and play football and go up and play basketball, which is something that you say a lot, right? It's guys that can go in the red zone and go up and go get the ball. And I think that's going to help Sam Darnold. It's what helped Eli Manning when they went and got him Plaxico Burris. You get bigger receivers for your inaccurate quarterbacks. And it's something that I think, honestly, the Buffalo Bills messed up on. While I like Stephon Diggs, I think they should have aimed to try to get him a bigger receiver because you need somebody that plays above the rim when your quarterback is inaccurate. I think Sam's going to have a really good year. I'm really excited to see him in Adam Gase's offense this year because I think what you saw, and granted, the last five games weren't fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, but what you saw from Sam was he was accurate with the ball, consistently hovered above 60% completion percentage, which is what you want to see for a young quarterback. This is the year that he goes up to that seven, like 65, 66, 67%, because I think what you're going to see, and it's my hope, is that Adam Gase gets him on the move more. You cannot have a quarterback that's this mobile, stationary, and standing in the pocket. He's bigger than Lamar Jackson. He can take a lot of the hits. He's as big as Josh Allen. Him and Josh Allen, Josh Allen runs around all the time, you know, and he's playing, and, and Sam Darnold is a more talented quarterback than him. But I think Sam has a really good year. I think that that 7-9 and nine prediction that you had, I think that's pretty spot on, but that's more in line with the fact that the schedule is just really, really tough. And they, you know, they get the Chiefs. The Chiefs might hang 70 on us. No, but also the defense has solid corners, and if they could just and I'm going to say this one more time, Joe. If they can just sign Jadavion Clowney, I think the defense has a chance to finish in the top 10 because you have not had an edge rusher and he impacts the defensive line tremendously. But I think the Jets have a good shot for Sam to have a really solid year this year. I think he's going to have a good year. You heard it first there, folks. Dalbin, feeling optimistic, feeling excited. I am excited, yeah. too. <laughs> I'm excited to watch Sam play this year. It does sound like we are going to at least get a shot at getting some football uh, which is positive. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We will be back next week with another episode. Follow Dalbin, D-A underscore Asario. Follow me, at Jay Caparoso. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening.